encouraging, inspiring, and equipping leaders. This is Coach and Joe. Welcome to Coach and Joe. My name's Anwin. This is Chad. Hello, Anwin. Hello, Coach. This is very weird doing it the other way around, but um, God will yeah, help you. He will. Um, I wanted to talk today about um, whether Jesus was a feminist or not. Because um, I feel like that word has become almost like a cuss word in Christian culture, and mm-hmm. especially in this area. Mm-hmm. But um, when I look at scripture, um, I was even looking at this recently yesterday because I was writing a blog post about Priscilla uh, in the early church. It is really remarkable the difference of of the way Jesus lived as a rabbi versus what was expected in the culture of the time. And we mm-hmm. talked a little bit about that in our last episode. But what would, how would you answer the question, is Jesus a feminist? Well, words uh, don't mean what they used to. Uh, I'm noticing that with this leftist agenda. Yeah. You know, it used to be uh, conservative and liberal. And that's not true anymore. Now there's there's a liberal of liberals that's the leftist and words change. And so I want to start off, What? give me your definition of feminism. See, I would say that feminism is, um, it, it's become... Uh, almost to the point of in our society um a promoting of women above men yeah and i think that's where i have an issue with it because mm-hmm. i don't see that in scripture i see mm-hmm. in scripture that that male and female make the image of god and so mm-hmm. to have one above the other in terms of terms of that is just really unhelpful. well it's it's such a loaded conversation yeah if the lord can manifest and talk right here he would talk about the difference in where current culture is on the definition of feminism. Yeah. And he would go to his own word to describe what yeah. he is, and he's pro-woman. He, a woman's made in the image of God. Yeah, I, I have spent so much time, man, when, even way before I met you, studying what the word says uh, about uh, women, not just women in ministry, but the role of woman. Yeah. If you go read Genesis to Revelation, and if you watch specifically Jesus in the Gospels, Woo. It triggered it triggered so many people there. Yeah. Uh in in that culture. And do I believe he is a feminist? No. Uh I don't. However, I also don't believe like uh, so many of my Christian brother leaders even around here where I live, he also is not pro how woman is being empowered in the local church mm-hmm. and in the marketplace uh now. So it's it's all for me. It's about defining what is it that we're talking about, yeah. and the only way I know how to make sense of the conversation is to watch Jesus in the Gospels. Yeah, which I, I mean is really incredible because I think um, it talks about Joanna and Susanna mm-hmm. um, basically funding Jesus's ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, that you know, I think this is what's difficult is the very conservative branch of the church focus on on the fact that he had 12 male disciples but actually they completely eradicate so much of scripture that talks about the women around jesus how many people do you think were in the upper room how many of you what were you taught of how many people were in the upper room 120 see i was taught 12 you want to know why because i'm a a white male from the south and grew up in the south there was not 12 disciples in the upper room there's about 120 people yeah many of them were women yeah now think about this you resurrect the first two people you talked to are women do you think that's accidental? He, the first two people he appeared to, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Two women. And if you look at the epistles, there are so many women who are leading house churches. You know, you've got Phoebe, you've got uh, Priscilla and Aquila, you've got Junia, who's an apostle. 
there's just so many places in which in scripture it's obvious that women are released in the gospel to lead to preach to disciple to you know, you didn't grow up here, so this is going to make no sense to you. But I grew up on Friday nights at eight p.m. We watched a show called Dukes of Hazard, and there's a song. I used to remember the actor's name. It was Bo and Luke Duke. Their sister was Daisy. It was Boss Hog, and the song went like this: "Just a good old boy's never meaning no harm beats all you ever saw. Get in trouble with the law since the day they were born." Racism is not about skin color. It's about control. Yes. The spirit of religion is about control. Yes. So here is the structure of the church. If you're a woman, you can do a couple of things. Go be a children's minister, or maybe you can go overseas and be a missionary. Mm -hmm. And oh, my goodness. And when I put a post 10 years ago on Facebook, back when I was on Facebook, I think there were 300 responses. All I did was post a quote. You can be... You can be a CEO, you can lead NASA, but yes. you are not going to serve in the local church if you're a woman on a high level. Yeah, It's control. It's a system of control. It's a systematic problem. So what would you say to women who have a sense of calling in this environment to how do they step into the fullness of who they're called to be in Christ if they're in an environment of control and religion? Leave that environment. Mm. Go find an environment that empowers women. Let me let me tell you this. Uh, do, do you remember Henry Blackaby? No. So he wrote a book called Experiencing God. I think it sold millions of copies. It turned into a workbook. The biblical narrative is, it's not, hey, God, where do you want me? The biblical narrative is, where is God at work? And I'm going to go join that. Yeah. A lot of us, no one's making us stay in communities that continue to shut the mouths of women. Go find a community mm -hmm. that doesn't. And also... Just be so careful not to overreact and step into feminism and step and step into a culture that now is like, okay, now we've swung the pendulum so far that the woman begins to hate male leadership. It, there is such, you got to remain biblical because a lot of times we all do it from our pain. We can swing a pendulum yeah. so far that now we're in a culture that, that doesn't honor the father either. Yeah. Uh, it's easily done. Absolutely. It's why healing is so important. Uh -huh. For both men and women, why are men on? Why is why are men um, so empowered in this culture and women not in the Bible Belt? Do you think it's just religion? I think it's also spirit of mammon. Okay. So five capitals: spiritual capital, relational capital, physical, intellectual, financial. I believe it also is connected to money structures. Explain. I, I've been thinking about this for a long time. Okay. Does that do you? Does it make sense to you that I would even say something like that? No, keep going. Okay. Let's just say that a culture at a church. Uh, I had a, Okay. Thank you, Lord. I had a conversation about 10 years ago with a mega church leader in this area who um, did not disagree with me at all theologically because I, I preached a sermon on having, having faith to raise the dead. The bottom line in our conversation, it was quite a passionate conversation. He can't touch that in his congregation because people would leave. And guess what happens when I've people leave? You. I've got you. So yeah. it touches the money structure. Yeah. And so mm -hmm. in the model of church right now, oh, mm -mm, you, you're going to lose customers. Yeah. I've grown this church from 3,000 people to 500 people. And it's not been uh, accidental. It, it, when, you, when you talk about, when you empower women, Oh my gosh. The father told me, he told me on the front end, this will cause you more problems than anything. I preached a sermon, a series called five balloons. Mm -hmm. 
and we popped five balloons. And one of the balloons we popped, this is a while back, was empowering women in leadership. I remember that series. It went over like a turd in a Christmas punch bowl. <laughs> it's funny because just the other day, um, Michael preached here on worship and how important it is um, and how he's, he's kind of, he's resurrecting in, in us as a core, um, this whole Davidic worship thing. Mm -hmm. And my son Caleb actually had a word um, that the father gave him pre-Sunday service about how the father is calling up David's in this environment mm -hmm. and how there's been lots of Saul's that have led churches. Mm -hmm. And Saul basically was given a mandate and did 98% of it in terms of obedience. Mm -hmm. But he, he, his issue was approval. His mm -hmm. issue was fear of man. And so what I'm hearing you say is that people are potentially leading churches based off the response of their congregation and money being oh my gosh. a metric instead of actually being obedient to the Father yes. and what he's asking them Which to do. Which is why I, I know it's not the topic of this conversation, but I'm just so excited about my wife and I uh, starting our own business. Yeah, The Father has shown me that uh, there is just so much demonic activity wrapped around the idea of the spirit of mammon mm. that what if, what if I'm leading here and overseeing everything God's doing here and I do not get my salary from first fruits here? Yeah. It breaks the back of a Ephesians six twelve is real. It's so exciting to me because it means that we are literally doing ministry uh -huh. just because uh -huh. we're doing it out of love mm -hmm. and out of service, mm -hmm. not because we get a paycheck. You know, and I, I just think that's awesome. <laughs> have you ever heard the song "Looking for Love in All the Wrong Places"? Yeah, <clears throat> I think we're looking for God in all the wrong structures. I really do. Mm. I think the structure of church. Hear me out. The structure of church is the a really good structure that the devil can keep women's mouths shut because if you can get a, a structure of control that's tied to a spirit of mammon, yeah. But what if it become it looks more like the house church in the early church? Yeah. Then, then I mean, Holy Spirit can really just start flowing. Well, then men and women are released in their homes, mm -hmm. in the marketplace, mm -hmm. wherever the Father's placed them to be priests. I used to be a part of a ministry that would bring me in to speak and pay me a lot of money to do so in the summer times. I began to pray for people in, in this within this organization, uh, people that would come in this organization. Lots of supernatural things began to happen, people being cured of uh, incurable things when I would pray for them and teams of people I would bring with me, and they stopped inviting me to speak. Mm. I went to a very large university that has a very large on-campus ministry. There was 2,500 people when I was there. If I said this university, most people around the world would know where this university is. 2,500 people. One night I began to share. The Holy Spirit hit. There was 500 people at the altar. They began to pray in tongues. People were getting prayed for. The Holy Spirit really broke out. I have not been invited back in five years. You want to know why? Because most religious organizations are driven by control and systems of power tied into finances. Wow. Yeah. So what we do is we're so afraid of man, mm -hmm. and when we're just going to keep our mouth shut. Yeah. Jesus has gotten lost in a religion that bears his name. And if Jesus Christ was on the earth leading right now in a local church, it would not look like most local churches. And people and people say, you shouldn't be saying stuff like that. I'm sick and tired of being a part of a model that does not look like the Lord. Yeah. So I love theology. I could talk about. It. I love. I love ideology. This really is a methodological mm -hmm. conversation. The method, the vehicle of church is wrong and it keeps women silent. I, I don't, you know me, I don't know much about phones or gadgets. 
this this is an Apple device. If I t- if I tear this thing open and dig into it, there it's not a Samsung on the inside. The inside, the mm. guts of the church, the Father is shaking that whole temple in that model. You see, here's the problem. You have a lot of women that are going to listen to y'all at Grace and Truth, yeah. and they're going to be in a method, a vehicle that's not going to allow them to thrive. Yeah. And so they're going to have to they're going to have to wrestle this out with their husbands. Maybe some of these women are single. Can I draft off of what I'm learning, Grace and Truth Tribe, being in a illegal model, contrary to this message? And my answer is no, to a certain degree, maybe. Mm-hmm. To a but like to thrive and to really fly. Mm-hmm. I mean, and when the Father showed me right now for you, the assignment on your life, you you had you had to. Leave a you had to come a long way. You had to get into a vehicle that's very uh, contradictory to most models of local churches. This is going to cost a lot of women as they listen to y'all mm-hmm. because the the model that they're in will not allow them to fly. Yeah, and I suppose I would say to those women, um, <clears throat> listen to the Holy Spirit. You know, I think I, I have women that I'm discipling who have come out of a strong religious background you know <clears throat> and and it's i think my question would be how how can they um take steps towards freedom and for me it's one step at a time so even recognizing that they're in um an environment which is really strangling them mm-hmm. is the first step because mm-hmm. you don't know what you don't know mm-hmm. and so if you've grown up with something all your life mm-hmm can sometimes be offensive listening to a conversation like this because mm-hmm. people get defensive. And, and it's okay kind of to be offended. Yeah. When we're offended, that's a target for God to hit. Yeah. Because, you know, why am I so offended? But there may be women out there right now who know that the Father's been speaking to them about mm-hmm. their voice, about having um, something to offer, being able to step up and lead, but they feel like they're in an environment where they're strangled. And I would say to you, you know, connect with people, find women. Mm-hmm. I mean, Jess on our team um, years ago, was in this sort of situation and she was learning that the Holy spirit even existed. You know, it, she'd grown up in an environment of uh, father, son and Holy Bible, not father, yeah. son and Holy spirit. And so she basically sought out women who she could find that would teach her something of yeah. the next steps. And I would say to those women, if you feel strangled, if you feel squashed, if you feel like you have a ceiling over your head, find women. And even if that's grace and truth, join us. And when here's just what I would say, and obviously I'm I'm not a woman, but I tell you the principle applies for a man and a woman. It is impossible to go to a deep place in God yeah. and it not cost you everything. Yeah, it's not possible. Yeah. Um, where are the Bonhoeffers? Mm-hmm. You know, we, we we read a bunch of stuff now of it's my best life today, and the cost of discipleship. Yeah, this, this conversation is going to be very costly. Yeah, I remember I, I grew up Baptist. I went to a reformed seminary. If you ever would have told me I'd pray in tongues and walk in supernatural things and walk in the prophetic and train on it and empower women in ministry, I would have thought, what? Mm. But the truth is, it, God's closest friends, if you want to go deep in God, yeah. He's going to show you His paradigms, and it contradicts most of our paradigms. And it is Luke 9.23. It is, you know, you give up your life. But I've found my life. Mm-hmm. 
you know, I, I'm stepping into the fullness right now of everything that he's mm. called me to be. And that's been a journey of giving up, but I, you also find your life. Let me ask you this. I think it's a good place to close. What are some guardrails to keep a woman from stepping into illegal feminism? Cause you haven't, Wendy hasn't, Jessica hasn't, Zaina, but I'm noticing a lot of Christian leaders, women leaders are. I think for me, the word is key to my life. So being in the word every day, being led by the Holy Spirit in the word. Um, I, I think the sadness for me is there's a lot of, a lot of reinterpreting the word to fit to culture. Mm -hmm. And I think we're supposed to we're supposed to read the word and it tell us how to live, not the other way around. So that's the first thing. Secondly, be in community that help mm -hmm. you walk out um, vulnerability, wholeheartedness. Mm -hmm. Well, yep. you were the coach. I was the Joe. <laughs> kind of. I, I hope this helps you. <clears throat> I really do. Father, I bless grace and truth, the show, yeah. the tribe, that just have your favor all over. Father, I thank you for your word. I pray that the word be core at the center yeah. of whatever you want to do with Anwin, Wendy, Jessica, and Zaina. In Jesus' name, amen. Yeah. Thanks for joining us on the Coach and Joe Leadership Podcast. Don't miss the Coach and Joe Talk Show on YouTube and check out coachandjoe.com for more resources, blogs, and merch. We will see you next time.